Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee. And today I am speaking with Karen DeLeon, Executive Director of the Central American and Dominican Council of Apparel and Styles, an organization that integrates all textile and apparel associations in Central America and the Dominican Republic. It is responsible for representing and proposing strategies for the promotion, development, and protection of the industry across the region. In her capacity, Ms. DeLeon co- coordinates the interinstitutional relationship between the U.S. government organizations, such as the U.S. Trade Representative's Office and the Department of Commerce, and private institutions, the Lodgery in the U.S., Mexico and Colombia. A graduate of Rafael Landeval University in Guatemala, she has worked for two decades in the textile and apparel sector. Good morning, Ms. DeLeon. Um, let's get started. First, let me just ask you, you know, we hit the 14th anniversary of the DR-CAFTA trade agreement earlier this month uh, here in August. What can you tell our listeners about what is working best under the agreement and what might need to be modified? Uh, secondly, that question, does the current U.S.-China trade spat spark renewed interest in the Caribbean Basin by apparel brands as a sourcing resource. Well, hello, Bobby. First, thanks for the opportunity to share some information about the the industry in the CAFTA region. Um, and um, about your first question, definitely. The free trade agreement between Central America and Dominican Republic and the United States, I think it's a positive example of what a trade agreement should be, at least at regards of, of course, in textile and apparel industry. And in particular, the success for, for this sector is based on the Jan Forward Rule because it allows to integrate a, a, of the supply chain. Given the close proximity to the CAFTA region, to the U.S., the use of U.S. yarn is a natural outcome. Then the agreement helps to create regional supply chains by creating a, a means of uh, intermediate goods, such as yarn used in apparel to move between the countries too. This is reflected in the export uh, numbers. For example, in the year, year ending in June of 2080, the export of the United States uh, go to the CAFTA region have increased in 6%. Uh, and in the case of export of yarns, that represented 30, 36% of the total U.S. exports. Then, um, and now, uh, what could I change in the CAFTA agreement? Did you ask me about that? Is there anything you think in CAFTA that needs to be changed that would make it better for the countries involved as well as the uh, companies involved? Uh-huh. Okay, well, maybe that provision that demand the expanded has to be originated because in some way, due to the changes that the market has had, in some way, the ability of U.S. to supply spandex has been uh, limited. Now, about... Um, the fact that if the region is being the new focus of attention without a doubt, yes. But uh, I would say that it has not been only by the difference between China and the U.S., but the interest began to become again uh, latent at the moment that the U.S. government announced their official withdrawal of TPP. So the perception has been that many of uh, buyers so the per- have been to re-exploring the real and concrete opportunities that it has in, in this region. And then I want to ask, you know, since the passage of the regional free trade agreement, you know, how have the textile and apparel industries evolved across the region? You know, maybe you could talk about influx of factories and brands more confined to certain countries, of certain certain countries. I mean, I know about Gildan and Hunt. In, uh, I think it's Honduras. Have mm-hmm. certain countries and brands done better in the region? And you, can you give our listeners again? I know you mentioned some numbers before. Some sense of the size of the apparel textile industry in the region. You know how many garments produced annually? Types of products that are sourced there. Well, uh, nowadays the textile apparel industry it is integrated by more than 450 companies, producers of yarns, fabrics, and garment manufacturers. If we made the comparison of 14 years ago, I will tell you that the industry has been reduced because 
things happened at the same time that capital agreement went into the force. For example, China's trade was uh, liberalized and quotas was uh, were eliminated. So the first years of the agreement, the region reduced its uh, market share. So over the years, the evolution that the industry had been not so much in number of the uh, industries, rather it has been has developed the offer products with more value added. And taking advantage of the proximity to the market, the garment industry has become a flexible industry, offering diversified of products. Uh, at the year ending of June, the CAFTA region has exported to the U.S. 2,935 million of square meters equivalent. In U.S. dollar is uh, 8,149 million. Where being the main exports, cotton knit shirts, man-made fiber knit shirts, cotton underwear, hosiery, and my-made fiber woven shirts. What type of garment? Is there any particular type of garment that's actually growing in terms of uh, they're, they're making more of them now? This starting in seventeen or eighteen that they were than they were doing say five years ago. Yes, definitely all the synthetics, especially knit shirts, including all the athletic garments. Of course, with the with the CAFTA benefits, we can use United States or Central American raw materials, and that is a, a very good advantage for us because if we are competing with the Asian countries and we use polyester from the United States or from El Salvador or other Central American countries, we don't have to pay the duty of 30 or 32 percent. Then especially in synthetics, the region is growing a lot. The countries across the region, would you say, Karen, are doing the best in the textile apparel, uh, segment under CAFTA? Are there any particular con- uh, companies, I mentioned Gildan, that stand out as doing the best mm-hmm. in the region? I mean, I said companies, but I mean countries and companies, actually. Well, of course, uh, Gildan has a very uh, big um, operation in Honduras. Another company is Latheins and um, Fruit of the Loom are based in El Salvador and Honduras, too. Haynes uh, announced a new investment in El Salvador a couple of weeks ago. Then uh, they are growing in the region. But of course, uh, we have more brands and retailers, for example, Walmart, Target, and Kohl's, maybe are the majors. And uh, brands like Nike, Under Armour, Lucky Brand, Old Navy, North Face. Um, I don't want to be out of anyone, but uh, we are doing a lot of products and uh, we are growing a lot. Too about the size of the uh, workforce for textiles and apparel in the region. I know some, some countries have larger workforce to work in the industry than others. Is there training going on to help certain countries get up to speed in terms of having a, a trained workforce for apparel and textiles? Oh, yes. Well, the, the industry in, in the region it was based like more than 20 years. Danny, a good advantage say for us here is we have a lot of people that is already trained. Of course, uh, the skills of the people uh, are very good. Then the companies, for example, a good example again in Honduras is uh, Gildan. They support a lot of to the industry of uh, the training of the people. And in other countries like in Guatemala, for example, the association support to the industry to, to improve the, the trainings. And now I wanted to turn to, a, I guess, a more difficult question, but I was wondering if you could speak to the what I've read, the recent labor unrest in Nicaragua, you know, what started it, and uh, are, there any, are they any closer in Nicaragua to a resolution on these problems? You know, just one last part about that question. I know that some brands, including Adidas, have threatened to pull out of sourcing in that market if there's no resolution. Can you tell our listeners, you know, again, also where the situation currently stands, and, and if other countries in the region are prepared to pick up the apparel production from Nicaragua in the months and years ahead if the country does indeed lose uh, production? 
situation because of this? Well, first I want to mention that the turbulence in Nicaragua began in April when the government proposed reforms to the social security system. Unfortunately, unfortunately to date, the situation has been quite unstable. And since that day, a series of violent march and protests have been carried out in several cities of Nicaragua. And the Catholic Church has acted as mediator of the conflict, but the talks have been interrupted interrupted. Well, for now, we hope the government of Nicaragua will allow to arrival of the mission designated by OAS so that together can look uh, uh, look for possible solutions. Um, but regardless specific of the industry, for the time began, the companies have continued working. I understand, especially in the last week weeks, the, the work progress regularly in the factories. And um, and yes, I understand that several brands sent a letter to President Daniel Ortega requesting that the situation be regularized. But uh, what will happen? Uh, to be honest, nobody really knows. Um, at the moment, when the brands make a decision, and if it were to withdraw work from Nicaragua, a certain part of this program will be placed in order to, to the other countries in the region. However, it will be necessary to analyze in detail if at this moment the capacity that, that is available managed to cover the demand because um, I think this is, a, in, in general, this is a good moment for the region. A lot of customers is uh, looking for options here. Then uh, the, the capacity in the region is kind of full. Then we have to analyze what kind of products has to return from Nicaragua to the other countries. I just wanted to, one clarification of what you said. If I understand you correctly, you said that the the production has normalized in those factories in Nicaragua in the last few weeks, is that correct? Yes, I think at the beginning of the problems, of course, the, the company has to close or the the, the people has to go to, to the street. But uh, I understand in the, in the last weeks, they are working regularly. And then uh, finally today, Ms. De Leon, I wanted to know if you could address what you'd say, you've been in the industry a long time, what you would say is the biggest misconception about the apparel textile industry across the the CAFTA region today, and and where might there be some room for improvement in the overall business? Ah, misconception. Perhaps the fact that we are a small region, because uh, sometimes the, the brands thought that we cannot compete in front of the big ones. But uh, at the end, CAFTA region have been able to adapt to market changes and keep competing and excelling. So we are ready for more. Um, one of the advantages of the region is that uh, we complement uh, each other because at the end, each country uh, has uh, different uh, um, characteristics and they are specialized in different kind of products. Uh, for example, Salvador, uh, um, doing a lot of synthetics because they have the, the synthetic cluster. Honduras uh, is um, produce high value volumes, um, more uh, basic uh, garments like underwear, hosiery, uh, even synthetic knit shirts. In the case of Guatemala, uh, we have a very diversified industry. We are doing a, a lot of uh, woven synthetic pants using the short supply provisions. And uh, Nicaragua has woven capabilities since TPLs. Then if you see the region, we have a, a, a lot of opportunities and um, still growing. And in regards improvements, I'm sure we have several opportunities. Maybe the first that I want to mention is about the capacities of the region, uh, mainly in textile supplies. However, all countries are making significant efforts and we already see companies reinvesting and new investments are uh, new investments are coming to the region, mainly in synthetic germ production. Uh, this will take 
time. So we have to see if for now we have enough capacity of, of yarn suppliers. And um, another issue that I want to mention to, to improve is, of course, the, the government support, especially to improve infrastructure issues and trade facilitation, mainly imports and, and customs. Uh, are all the governments in the various countries there in the CAFTA region equally, equally supportive of the textile apparel industries within their countries? Maybe not equally at the same time. Of course, we we have had a changes in the region, and even that is a um, we 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 found support more in some countries in one moment, and um, maybe less support in other moment to the other country. But at the end, I think every country understands very well that textile and apparel industry is one of the most important activities in the region, is one of the activities that uh, allow to people have a formal job. Then uh, in some way, we we find the way to 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 looking for the support of them. Have you have there been any issue beyond Nicaragua? Is the wage rate in the other countries uh, satisfactory to the workers at this time? In Nicaragua? In any of the countries beyond Nicaragua. Nicaragua, we, there is some issue, as you mentioned, about the Social Security. But are there any other issues, labor issues, in any of the other countries currently? Well, of course, every country, I, I don't know if you understand uh, well your question, but uh, at the end, every country has local legislation that allow to, to have a minimum wage but in the industry, you know, the people earn more money for their production and their productivity. Then uh, the people who work in the industry, the most of time, they receive more money of the average in the country. So is, is there is there a piecework wage where the more pieces you produce, you make more money? Is that correct? Uh, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Thank you for your insights today. I've been speaking with Ms. Karen de Leon, Executive Director of the Central American and Dominican Council of Apparel and Textiles in Guatemala City, Guatemala. And you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Formula 4 Media. This is Bob McGee.